Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com, back with another episode for you. This one I wanted to talk about how to get freelance clients when you're new to freelancing, and this comes from a question I got on my yeah question I got on my last video from again Crusader Rabbit. So I've been, <laughs> been asking a lot of good questions lately, but I wanted to talk about this because again it's one of the more common questions that I get, and you know something that I, I think when you're first starting out freelancing can be difficult to deal with. So <clears throat> the question was, have you talked about how to convince clients to take a risk on you when you're a new developer? So the reality of this is there's, you know, there's a thousand things that you could do here, but what I want to do is tell you just what I actually did, because I think that's c coming from the most experience and the, the, I can talk with the most authority with. So the first thing is, my first several clients all hired me because they'd seen some YouTube videos I did and those YouTube videos were pretty close to what they wanted done. So it was really, really simple and easy for them. I basically had kind of already done what they wanted. They saw the videos, they saw me do it and they're like, well, why don't you just do it for me? And at the time I didn't have a portfolio up. I didn't have any testimonials. I didn't even have a page selling my services. All I had literally was a contact form and they sought me out. They found the contact form or they found my email address somewhere. They emailed me and that's how I ultimately got hired. So this is why I constantly beat the drum of creating content because it is one of the simplest ways to get work, one of the easiest ways to get work if you have nothing else, if you're brand new, if you don't have a client history, you don't have all of this stuff behind you, you're just starting completely from scratch, it's one of the simplest ways. Just start creating content around tech problems and people that have that problem <laughs> will eventually find it and uh, seek you out to just do it for them. A, a lot of freelance work is people just wanting you to do it for them. So it can really work when you have nothing else. The second thing then is that all of the what projects that I, I worked on at first were really small projects. So I didn't go out there and try and land some $10,000 project right off the bat. They were $100 and $200 projects. So fixing a CSS bug here or writing a little PHP script there, uh, you know, it was really, really simple stuff. And the reality was I wasn't ready for big, big projects. A, I didn't have the understanding of how to even follow through on one. And I didn't have the the proof behind me to justify hiring me for one. I wasn't able to show people that I had done this before and that I was able to execute. And that was because I hadn't done it. I hadn't, I was just starting out. So I think this is a big mistake a lot of freelancers make early on. They sort of scoff at $100 and $200 projects. But you know, if you do a $100 project and you do it in a couple hours in a day, you can work and you do that every day. You know, that's a, a couple hours of work a day and you make making an extra $3,000 a month. So don't scoff at that stuff too much. And that's also going to help you learn how to work with clients and learn how to execute on projects and be able to work up to bigger and bigger projects and build up your portfolio and all those sorts of things. So again, don't be afraid to take those smaller projects and work your way up. The third and final thing then was my portfolio. So like I mentioned one, early, early on, I didn't have one. But one thing I learned quickly is that a portfolio is the number one thing that clients are going to look at or they're going to ask for. They're going to want to see examples of your past work. Now, again, I was able to get some early on despite not having a portfolio because of my content. But I'd have landed a lot more jobs if I had a portfolio. So ultimately what I developed, the strategy that it came to is what I call the non-client portfolio. So you build five to 10 websites or applications or whatever it is you're going to do for people. 
you build five to 10 of those for nobody. And you really want to make those, while I said focus on fixing little problems for people, you want to make your portfolio full of things that are your ideal kinds of projects, right? Because you want you want people to see that this is the kind of thing that you do. And that's how you're going to eventually get one of those clients to want to do that for you. So you don't necessarily want to fill those with the the fixes that you're doing for people. You're getting hired for those sort of despite your portfolio. You want to put in your portfolio the ideal kinds of projects. So for me, that was membership sites, whatever. But just build five to 10 of those kinds of websites or applications purely to put in your portfolio. They're not for anybody. They're just to be in your portfolio because having something in there is better than nothing and they don't need to be client projects. Clients just want to see examples of your work at a minimum. And if they were for a client or not, yeah, sure, it's better eventually if they're for a client and you have a testimonial to go along with it and so forth. But again, having something that shows off your skill, what you can do and allowing them to actually see it is way better than having nothing. Uh, Just make sure that what you put in there is your best work and it's visually appealing. I've talked about that a lot before, but visual appeal is huge when it comes to a portfolio. So to sort of recap, if I were starting today, this is exactly what I do. I'd spend the first one to two weeks building that non-client portfolio. So building those sites, getting the screenshots, putting them in the, uh, putting them into the portfolio, building the site or wherever I'm going to host that portfolio, etc. doing all of that and getting that built first, because that's going to be really, really important. Next thing I would do is I'd start creating YouTube videos, solving small tech problems. So, you know, Go find if someone's, there's a a common CSS bug that a lot of people are having. Go out and create a YouTube video showing people how to fix it or, you know, something small script with PHP or whatever you do, whatever you want to do. Find these small little problems that you can fix for people and create a video around them. Then at the end of every video, point people to your Hire Me page. And essentially the pitch at the end of the video is, hey, if you don't want to do this yourself, you can hire me to do it for a hundred bucks. Just go to this URL. That's quite literally the pitch. So it doesn't have to be anything complicated. It's, it's mainly you're just that appeal that a lot of people are already going to be after, which is, Hey, I just don't want to do this. I'm going to have somebody do it for you. You're not going to get, you know, $20,000 a month worth of work based off that, but you'll start getting something and you'll start getting testimonials and so forth. And then This is kind of optional, but it really helps. The fourth thing I'd do is I'd spend about $30 a month promoting those YouTube videos on Google ads. So I'd have a bunch of different videos, 10, 15. I'd just keep making them really. And then I would spend $30 a month or a dollar a day promoting those videos over on YouTube. And you can get, you can get view, buy a view for three to four cents. So, you know, a dollar is going to get you. 30 to, to 40 views, depending on you know, what are 20 to 30 views, depending on how the cost works out or whatever. Um, but that's a, a, over the course of a month, that's a significant number of views and that'll be enough to give those videos a push and hopefully start getting them popular. And then they take on a life of their own. That strategy right there actually was how probably the first year or two of freelancing, how I did it. And, uh, it worked pretty well. And I basically hadn't no, <laughs> I didn't have you know a big name or big clients or a great portfolio or any of that sort of stuff. And I was still able to get clients basically doing that. So it's pretty simple and it's how you can get started when you have absolutely nothing to, to sort of go on. 
Now, of course, once you read that, reach that point, if you want to know how to grow your freelance business from there, that's what I teach you in my beginner's guide to freelance course. It's, as I've said, sort of the big rocks, the big strategy, how to grow your business over the next five, uh, 10 years and, and turn it into a real business around your freelance services. So you have a waiting list. You don't ever have to worry about being able to get clients because you have so many people that are uh, inviting you to projects or get, sending in quote requests, all that sort of thing. Uh, that's what the course is designed to show you uh, how to build, again, a real business around your freelance services. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to johnmorrisonline.com slash freelance. You can get the course for nothing over on Skillshare. Again, all the details on that are at johnmorrisonline.com slash freelance. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you next time.